Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Alan, please, may I welcome you to Homo Sapiens podcast? Thank you. You may, and here I am. I'm here, I'm queer, get used to it, and uh, it's going to be a good one, because guess who our guest is today? Oh, it's Beth Ditto. Beth Ditto, the lovely Beth Ditto. Funny as hell. I say this about all our guests, but I mean it. That's why we pick them. She's so, like, warm and kind and funny, and um, actually, this isn't the first time I met her, but I met her when we went to interview Sam Smith in Los Angeles for this podcast. Oh. And she was supporting Sam on tour. Backstage, she was there hanging out and we just had a right old yarn. And she's so, you know, she doesn't realise what a icon and transgressive force of good she has been for such a long time. She's just so normal. I know, she's such a sweetheart. I met her, I can't remember if I talked about this in the interview, but I met her when we sang at the Toronto Film Festival at the sort of gala for uh, the American Foundation for AIDS Research. Mm. So I was hosting it. Gossip were like the musical guests at the end of the gala. And uh, she said, would I sing something with her? Aww. And I was like, oh my God, what would I do? So I suggested, how about we sing Here You Come Again by Dolly Parton. So that's what we did. We sang that together. That's so cool. <laughs> it's so cute. What I want to say about Beth Ditto, there's two things that strike me about her. One that is fascinating is that we talk about the queer community and then she actually goes on to say that in fact punk and the music scene was a massive community for her way back before social media and that's how queer yes. people stayed in touch and people who were on the margins yes. i thought that was absolutely fascinating that yeah that was the revelation for me and that whole the zine thing that whole zine yeah. culture because you don't you sort of don't normally associate rock and roll and punkiness with queerness yeah. so much as do, do you it's, it seems a little straighter than, I totally but then agree. that's there you go like perceptions can be wrong and I feel um, I think we both feel that we've uh, we've learned something and we probably were um, misplaced in our presumption yeah and she she says this herself like um, but her boyfriend Teddy is a trans man she says like Teddy's story is his story it's not hers to tell but I met Teddy and uh, was he there too at the at the when you went to yeah to the, Sam. And he's done amazing stuff online for the trans male community. So it's been really fascinating to follow him on social media and all his his journey. I think it was trans mentoring is what it was about. It was like, um, because while they're on tour with their band. Um, so he is also a fascinating person. I think Beth has been someone who has been at the forefront of fashion for a long time. She's done a load of work of changing opinions about what women's bodies should be like. And that's another thing that I love about her. So let's hear it. Let's listen to the wit and wisdom of Beth Ditto. 
turn off your screen. Well, hang on a sec. I wanted to have a look at Beth's desktop. It's not mine. Oh, is it Teddy's? It can. Oh. If it was mine, it would be comedy. Stupid shit. It would be like, how do you do an impression of Ethel Merman? <laughs> like when, There's no yeah, like show, but do you know she named her kid Ethel Junior? I did not know that Ethel Merman named her kid Ethel Junior, but I just <laughs> love her all the more for that. Don't you think that's so beautiful? Yes. Have you ever heard the Ethel Merman disco album? No, my very sweet homo friend. He told me about that actually, and then he also told me. Was it Pet Shop Boys and Liza Minnelli? And Liza's going, the sun comes up, I think about you. A coffee cup. Yeah, but Hold on. the Ethel Merman, all kind of Ethel Merman-y songs, but to like a raging disco beat in the background. It's that, tremendous. You know what that is? That's my dream record. That's the record uh, I, I, totally. I was meant to make in my life. I, want that. I would definitely take that on my desert island. And the thing is, she didn't. It's not <laughs> being done sort of retroactively and sort of hipsterly, and you know, by no. someone now. She did it in the seventies at the height of disco. Oh, You're so kidding? Cool. That's no. what I was going to ask. So oh, cool. Was it her? So cool. Yeah, she really did it, Chris. It's just epic. You know, there's that great story about her. Like, so one night, Judy Garland and Ethel Merman and somebody went drinking, and Ethel drank her under the table. And Judy Garland said, Ethel, I never thought I'd say this, but good night. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I love it. And, it, it. and there's another one that Elaine Stritch told in her one-woman show about Ethel Merman. She had a sort of a turban on or something. Someone said, Ethel, well, I really like your turban. Slightly catty. And she went, fuck off. It makes my face look slimmer. Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I love uh, that. No, listen, I do. I want you were talking about being. Ooh, segue. Yeah, segue. <laughs> That's what you're here for. It's literally not what I'm here for. But, you know, someone's got to do it. I want to talk to you about your childhood because you've spoken about how like MTV was banned and stuff. And it was yeah. it was quite an unusual upbringing, wasn't it, for a queer kid, right? Yeah. I grew up in a small town outside of a bigger town. Which, when you, you know, I don't know, like, did you say growing up, like, you went to town? Like if you went into this, yeah. yeah, we're going to town. Yes, I still see that. Like up here in the cats, because I go, we're going to town. Is yeah, yeah. When you're going to, going to grocery yeah. shopping, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Get your hat, put on your shoes. We're going to town. Um, so when we went to town, we went to Cersei. But I'm actually from Judsonia, and so that's really really small town. But that Cersei was in a county called White County, White County, and um, we that the county was sort of run by this private Christian college. Wow. Yeah. And so you you wouldn't know it, but it was actually a college town, but you wouldn't know it because it was so repressed and so religious. And so, oh. um, so everything, like if you, you know, like we had a bookstore in the nineties, remember it was like coffee shops, bookstores and stuff like that where like the chains were moving in and stuff like that. And then, of course, like me and my other weirdo punk, creepy cool you know awesome friends who I you know are the reason I'm alive today but like my other queer feminist friends punk rockers were like oh my god this is amazing we can actually go get magazines and whatever but if you wanted to see I want to say Mrs. is behind the counter if you wanted to see out if you wanted to see the advocate like all of those really cool cultural like queer magazines or radical magazines were all behind the counter. You had to ask for them. So not only, right. And then there was that. (laughs) And then like, so they, the cable companies were really small. Like you didn't have like whatever it is. Like you didn't have sky. You didn't have, um, 
you didn't have like what is it called you know xfinity you didn't have comcast you had hmm. your tiny local cable company and they just dropped in tv they dropped in tv and probably 80 i don't know it's, it's i'm i think i'm a little bit older than mtv like six months older than mtv <laughs> yeah wow, I, what, yeah. and i was born february 81 so then and what was the do you know what was the straw that broke the camel's back and why they did that? I don't really know. I think it was just too subversive. I think, you know, it was the 80s, so there was Boy George. There was, you know, I think they, mm. did they play Prince? But there was Michael Jackson. There was Cindy Lauper, like a virgin, you know, a really great time right. in pop culture. A really incredible oh, yeah. time. But at the same time, those were the images that I was like deserted with, you know? So it was oh, like no. we had MTV for a minute. And then oh. my mom was only 24 when she had me. So it was probably, she was probably 29 when they got rid of it, you know? And so we watched it all the time. And back then there weren't that many videos. So like those were the images that stuck with me of pop culture, which is so cool. Like I'm so grateful for it being that era and not like. It was a good patch, wasn't it? Was it was a great so patch. So you got your denim jacket and like a Madonna scrunchie and then they turned it off. Yeah. <laughs> I was more of a Cindy Lauper <laughs> kind of girl because so, yes. I thought she was way weirder. I was in, I was she oh, so she's amazing. obsessed with Boy George. I was obsessed with, I was obsessed with his face. Like I just couldn't. It was such a gay route for me because I just didn't know. It wasn't that I was confused by it. I was just so enamored. I just wanted to look at that face. It's it's funny. He, has got, he is so beautiful. His eyes are absolutely astounding. I, know. I met him, you know, the, and, and, and went for drinks. And I was just like, oh, my God, like stunning. You're like, now I get stunning. it. Now I get it. Before yeah. I yeah. was like, what is this bullshit? But now I get it. Yeah. Before I it's met like you, I was like, what's the big deal? <laughs> and now look at, slap. look at him to those eyes. <laughs> but like Elizabeth Taylor, you know that thing everyone goes, oh, Elizabeth Taylor, she's got violet eyes. I try to understand it. I don't know how to stop it. How do what's I stop happening? it? I, I'm on what's my happen? other computer. It made a pingy noise. I didn't hear it. Oh, that's okay. Is I mean... It? Nobody cares. Listen, Sorry. I've had whole conversations with delivery drivers on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Dogs. The dishwasher. <laughs> dogs. The planes. The planes fly over Mom, my house. Shut he lives up. in New York. I'm with my friends. <laughs> <laughs> my mum's actually been on this podcast for that oh, reason. Oh, I wish. Really? <laughs> we had to record in the car once and that, because we were late or something. So my mum came back from shopping and she got in the car. My mum is like, I love my mum, but she's definitely like a mum. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so I was like, mum, do you want to talk? And she was like, <laughs> really nervous in the back. I was like, don't worry, no one's nervous. <laughs> yeah, like it's live on the radio. <laughs> My mum's got her new thing is she's got an iPhone for the first time. She's had a, the other kind before. So we now do FaceTime instead of WhatsApp. Oh, I and love she it. and she's so it is because she she um does it she she'll come on and she'll go I'm calling you from my iPhone like that I go I know <laughs> guess what I'm using to talk to you yes it's my iPhone <laughs> my mum just holds it down by her waist so you oh. can just see up her face and she <laughs> yeah. walks around and I'm like won't really oh, she not no. she just doesn't <laughs> she's just like not now not now is she still in Arkansas yeah they all are everybody. Yeah. So how did you get out, Beth? What was your route out? My route out, well, I met these kids, these awesome kids. And it's like, I always say, like, here's the longest version of the shortest story. I always <laughs> say that, like, I met these kids at the right time because I was this young person. I was like maybe 13 and um, living in a smaller town outside of the bigger town, which is 40,000 people or 15,000 people town. And um, 
they were going to the other school and randomly this person came into my life from a friend of a friend and she still is in Arkansas now, but she introduced me to these three really important people. One of them was Nathan who was in gossip with me. Um, oh, yeah. and then one of them was Kathy who was the first drummer in gossip. And my other one was my best, best friend, Jerry. And, um, Jerry and I were both queer and we were all really into riot girl and feminism and like really like just like un like remember also we all came from this really repressed like religious place so the the way that we stumbled onto each other I mean it makes sense on one hand that like you know the weirdos group together and but at the same time it's just like it's amazing that we even found each other and had this you know the strength to just be who we were naturally. And I don't mean just gay, but I mean like fucking weird. We were weirdos. Like my friend Jerry, like used to, I mean, everyone thought I was weird because I had short hair. You know, they're like, what, what is this? Like it, like it was like a big thing. And, um, like because of them, you know, there was a whole, there was a riot girl movement in, um, Olympia, Washington, which is, you know, that's like one of the, the scenes that really influenced people like Kurt Cobain, you know, his grunge was so big. This is the nineties. We were listening to music and like those people were getting it, you know, like Kurt Cobain was always talking about the raincoats and the Vaselines and with like bikini kill. And like, we were listening to all these girl bands and stuff. And from that, we just kind of dug, dug through and dug deeper to get more information about these really cool bands and this really cool scene. And so when it came time for Kathy to go to college, she's three years older than me. She chose to go to Olympia um, which is a no grades college. I don't even, I never went to college. So I don't understand what, college. <laughs> what does that mean? Like, what is, no grades. There's no grades. Mean? You just pick your own major. You can make up your own major. I think. But then we moved up there to go. She went to that college. We just wanted to get as far away as we could. And Kathy. Um, what, you went there to live there with her. I went there with, she went to college. all four of us moved. We all moved. Oh, I see. And we were all like, boop, 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 like years behind each other. So we right. all How old went, were you? I was 18. So oh. I was like, get me a, I was, they were like, Kathy was like, I got a credit card. Um, Cause you know, when you turn 18, people just send you credit card applications. And she was like, I got a credit card. I'm on the phone with the airline. You know, I'm going to get on the phone with the airline. I'm going to buy your ticket and we'll give you a one-way ticket. That way if you, we, that's cheaper and if you can work and you can buy your ticket to go back home. And so I was like, Okay, and all three of my best friends were already gone. It was very, it was shattering because he was my only gay friend. I had a high school boyfriend at the time, and like I cannot tell you how many times I broke up with him because I was gay. Like told him I was like I can't. I was like I don't know if I can do this, and he'd be like it's okay, but he'd always take me back, and I don't know. <laughs> but, I mean, from from sixteen to eighteen, we dated sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, three years. Anyway, so we moved up there. You know, when they first moved up there, they slept in her dorm room. They called it the nest and there was a loft and then there was just a pile of clothes and blankets. And that's where my friend Jerry slept. And then Nathan and Kathy would sleep in the bed. And so when I moved up there or like I was coming to visit, they were like, we got to get a bigger house. So they got a house with like three other people. And this is a two bedroom house. So yeah, you remember those days like punk houses, like it was, a you know, like there was a mattress that like close the, like from the dining room to the living room, like it closed that off so that like there was like the space that you could walk through, but that was a bedroom. Yeah, yeah. And then me and Jerry, our bedroom was the living room. So we shared a fold out couch in the living room. So, and I worked it up, you know, I worked at a hot dog place in the mall. I mean, 
I'd never been on a city bus. I'd never seen a city bus before. I was living. I was like, this is the best. And my mother told me, she didn't drive me to the airport. My mom's very like emotional and she's very strong. She doesn't like to show it. I mean, she's very funny and very loving, but she said, you're going to get up there, you know, you're going to lock it and you're not going to come back. And I was like, mom, that's crazy. Uh I was like, mom, don't be crazy. And she's like, no, not emotional, not a guilt trip or anything. She just called it. And I was like, Mom. But did you have like all your, did you know that? Did you have loads and loads of your stuff or are you just going for like no, a weekend? No, I had a suitcase and I was going, I mean, right. Olympia and Arkansas are thousands of miles away from each other. Yeah. You know, so yeah, I was just, I had my suitcase. I had $300 and I gave Kathy 200 of it to pay back for part of my ticket. And then I had a hundred dollars to live on. And then I got a job immediately. Wow. It was awesome. It was so fun. And then that's when gossip started like maybe two months later and then the rest is history yeah and then we were you know we would practice in the basement and what happened was Kathy and Nathan were actually like playing music and they were much cooler than me like I was you know I was just a short fat kid and like nice to everybody (laughs) I didn't understand you know there is a thing in the south where people are like hi how you doing what you doing where you going what's your mama's name you know how's she doing there's a real interest in in people and i did not get what people's problem was you know when i moved into the north (laughs) it's funny because i was like okay the stick up your ass i guess like i don't know but like no you know you'd wave and people wouldn't wave back and you'd be like oh okay or you talk to somebody at a party and the next time you saw them in the street they would just put their head down and keep walking and i was like i'm sorry like like (laughs) excuse me your highness like i didn't know (laughs) you know but like it it took me a long time to understand that how did you because obviously gossip was friends and it was like community and all of that but how when you got really big did you adapt to the music industry which is so one of those industries where people pretend not to know each other and all that weirdness how did you keep I treat everybody like I know them (laughs) because I think I do (laughs) like I'll be like hi hey Jeff Daniels I don't know what's up Jeff Goldblum (laughs) no I think there are very few people that intimidate me because my mom used to say her whole thing was like they can't kill you and eat you, and we all shit out of the same hole. You know? <laughs> so, like, as far as you know, know. But as far as we know, exactly. Some people don't. Some people say they don't shit at all. I don't believe them. Um, <laughs> but, so, like, I just, like, I, I, the music industry, I the thing, I feel really lucky, but also maybe I'm naive. I don't know. But, like, when we first got into music, we were on a punk label that I admired. And, I, you know, Kill Rock Stars, and I just loved every band that was on that label and so did Nathan and Kathy and like we were so in the right place at the right time I cannot even explain mm. it I don't know how it happened all I know is like I met these kids they changed my life they introduced me to cool stuff we in in the middle of shit show Arkansas and then like we move you know at, at different times I didn't know what Olympia was. I knew it was the capital of Washington, but I didn't know its entire history, this punk rock history, its music scene at all. I was not that cool. And then all of a sudden it was just like, we were in the UK and it was, you know, and here's the other thing about going to the UK. I was 19 wasted the whole time. Cause I'd never, you know, not wasted, wasted, but pretty legally drunk. And um, I didn't know what a passport was. 
And the people that were putting on the tour, the sponsoring the tour, were like, you've got to get your passport. I was like, I'm not going to get a passport. It's crazy. And then <laughs> I was like, That's, I don't even know what it is. And then I, now I know. I'm like, oh, I just did not know. I was very potent. Wow. And I didn't, when I got there, I was like, there's different money here? No idea. <laughs> no idea. Well, you're in a band. Other people pay, right? Just make yeah. the label pay. <laughs> <laughs> not being not that label <laughs> oh yeah no you were on a little nice label we were on a really nice label but then you know we toured around the uk for lady fest that's why we came over there we went over there for lady fest which is this feminist little tiny punk rock music festival and that's who brought us over the first time we ever went to the uk was all like diy feminist punk rock kids hey i'm ryan reynolds at mint mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. But where did that side of you come from? You're, you know, ever since the beginning, you've been an activist, you've been a feminist, you've been, is that in your family? Do you call, do you call shit out? Or is that you reacting to your... It's so hard to talk to people because I'm just like, what about yours? <laughs> like, I want to know. I'm like, tell me about yeah. your mom. <laughs> I, we can talk about it me. Hard, okay. Well, my mum's... Like, What's her birthday? 11th of May. Taurus? Taurus. Yeah. What are you? Gemini. Gemini. I'm a Pisces, February. Alan, wait, what are you again? Yeah, I'm here too, everybody. Hello. We were coming Uh, to you, Alan. No one even knows who you are. I think we did a Sagittarius. No, nearly though. Aquarius. No way. What? Just because I don't know many Aquariuses. Aquarii. I think Aquarius and Gemini get along really well. I think think it's a splendid, heated love affair. Beth, that's what it says on the website. (laughs) (laughs) Where are you looking at? astrologypage.org <laughs> I would read your astrology y'all, Absolutely. Ooh, oh. y'all are in trouble now the shit just hit the fan that's, that's you know what I Beth I, when I was 16 I wrote the horoscopes for a newspaper in you Scotland seriously did straight up not. Yeah, I used to make them up and it was called the Dundee <gasps> Evening Telegraph they were like Working, Alan was I was right. in this publishing company Alan yeah. was right <laughs> But I was very conscientious. I would always think it would be a little old lady with her cats. I would never say things like, a love affair is about to happen. I would always say things like, maybe you should clean your closets. You know, things like that. Maybe today is the day your cat will die. I'm sorry, man. I wonder how many decisions you influenced. I know. I wonder how many closets were cleaned because of me. And also things like, you know, mm, uh, Saturn is returning. Perhaps this is not the best time to buy new furniture. I would do things like that. I'd make it very generic to sort of different ages don't buy new furniture <laughs> and i would always laugh whatever you do <laughs> yes i love the shift in astrology because you know 
the dikey scene. We love a good, we love a good star sign. We love a, we love a witch. Right. You know, yes. Portland, you can't not sling a dead cat without hitting a fucking witch around here. Let me tell you that. <laughs> Everybody's a witch. Everybody's a witch. All of a sudden, people are like, I'm not kidding. Like, you'll be like, since when was Sally a witch? <laughs> like, everyone's a witch. I'm not, like, everyone's... They're like, Sally can hear you. She's a witch. I know. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's it. I'm thinking. Everyone's psychic. And I'm like, what am I thinking? <laughs> <laughs> And all they have you know, to like, do is be like, you're thinking I'm not a psychic. And I'd be like, oh, my God. That's, uh, that's the trick. So if you tell someone psychic and they say, what am I thinking? you will be like, you're doubting me. Oh, that's <laughs> and great. they'd be like, oh, I my didn't... God. She yeah, knew it. That's great. You're welcome. Gosh, I didn't good. know that was a, was a gay thing to be, a, to be a witch or into star signs. Oh, no, 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 no. Dikey. Dikey. Okay, yes. fine. The lesbians love. It's lesbianic. Just, um, can you look at people who people are friends with on Instagram? Yeah. Yeah. Do that to mine. You will be like, she knows a lot of witches. <laughs> really? So many. F- I'm telling you, everyone's starting, you know, tarot business, half off. Like, you're just like, everyone's into astrology here. I've been to Portland just once, years and years and years and years and years ago, when I was promoting my book. And I went to that amazing bookshop that's a whole block. House. Powell's bookstore mm-hmm. and and I've got a, I've still got a t-shirt with it on I love that book so much like in the line when people were coming up to get me to sign my book this lady just went here's a joint Alan I was like thank you so much <laughs> You're like, just brought me drugs <laughs> food you think you were like maybe fun. they are psychic <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> and then Witch! my friend Trey took me out and there's more strip bars per capita in, in Portland, Oregon, than, uh, and churches, churches. and churches, yeah. and uh, also the money from the slot machines. I don't know if it does still, but in those days, the money from the slot machines, the profits would go to education. Yeah, from the from the slot machines. So isn't that great? Yeah. Anyway, I I learned I learned a really good thing there, and I saw an incredible thing I've never. And we went to this uh, gay strip bar. Okay. I saw the, the stripper man. And they were naked as well, the stripper man. And he had this strange penis. And I got chatting to him and it was all bumpy, his penis, because what he did was he got pearls and he would like slice a little bit of skin on his penis, put a pearl inside and make it heal, Whoa. make the skin heal over it. So, so basically all around his penis were these pearls. He had a bumpy penis. And he said, because he was straight as well, like a lot of these um, boys who work they in are. Uh, so gay odd. bars, they're all straight. And um, he said to me, he went, he went, yeah. It's it's ribbed for her pleasure. That's what he said. <laughs> and then he, and then I said, "Can I touch it?" And he went, I, "I'm not supposed to let you, but I will." So he let me touch it. Had a little feel of it. So it's really weird, like a penis wow. with these knobbly bits all over it. You know, I have and, to uh, say, welcome to Portland. <laughs> welcome to Portland. Totally, <laughs> totally. The other thing I learned, Trey taught me, which is this is a funny thing, is that you get a so when you're when there's you know uh, dancers and go-go boys and girls and everything like that. And I've done this. It's, it works a treat. And especially if it's like a stage, you get a dollar and you fold it in half long ways and you put it along the bridge of your nose and you put your head on the, on the, on the floor of the, on the stage like that. And they're above you and they squat down and they lift their the dollar with their butt cheeks. They lift the dollar off your nose with, and you get, wow. can you imagine? It's like a little I moment of incredible intimacy. <laughs> this is from that birthday party you had at Disneyland. <laughs> yeah, Mickey Mouse sat on my face. No, he didn't. He didn't. No, he didn't. Everybody's got their no, prize. 
you're talking about your Instagram. I wanted to ask you because you follow someone I love, yeah. which is Scotty. Scotty is fat. Yes! Scotty! Do you know Scotty? Yeah, of course. He's a fat activist, <laughs> homo. He's fantastic. <laughs> precious, precious. But yeah, me and Scotty are friends. I, the thing is, uh, is most of my closest friends live in the UK. Oh, do they? Yeah. You were here for a long time, right? I have an apartment there. Do you? I don't own it, but I rent a room in an apartment with my friend Andrew. The thing about Scotty, one I wanted to ask you about Scotty, is that like, so Scotty is a is uh, an activist, a some people might call him a body positivity activist, but I am I right in saying that he hates that title? He's a fat activist, yeah. Because I feel like you people always spoke to you about that stuff, and then like for, for, since forever. And do you feel like now it's opened up and it's actually changed in a, a brilliant way? Oh yeah, yeah. You know, when I was eighteen and nineteen, I mean, like the enemy cover, the naked first mm. naked cover was like, oh yeah. I think 2007. So I was like 26. You know, I mean, there were people like Sue Tilly, you know, who were like, were like, yes. you know, and like a lot of other people like Deborah Deal from, or Eel from, um, from Romeo Void. Like there were people like, you know, but they were so few and far between. Mm. It, it was such a different atmosphere. I mean, it was like the internet wasn't, you know, social media wasn't a, like a was booming this booming thing yet and then yeah it's just like really it's really changed it's really cool do you feel you had to make bigger because of that you had to make a bigger splash with things like when you wanted to sort of change the narrative you just had to be really open like i want to say you know people say you must have thick skin i was like not really there are people whose opinions i value and there are people's opinions that i don't and the other thing is is like i think when you are an act when you are an activist or you are someone who's been marginalized you are so used to or like i'm just i'm not saying they're the same being marginalized or being an activist or being fat but i'm saying like when you are used to being treated other than different than lesser than like what it taught me was a level of just like, I can't, like, it's always this thing. I can't control what you think of me. Mm. What you think of me is yeah. none of my business. You know, it's like what you say about me is none of my business, but I can control myself. I can control me. And like, that was always my thing. And to surround myself with people who make me feel good and not with people who make me feel like shit. So that's kind of how I navigated that era because people weren't nice and they're still not nice. I mean, we do look at like, you look at like so many people. Yeah. I mean, people are really kind, of course, like, you know, fa like fans. It's, it feels so weird to say that word about yourself, doesn't it? My fans, my adoring fans. Yeah, no. Um, it's so weird. But like, you know, people who were like, liked, liked the band you were in or, but like, for the most part, it's just like, like when there are people who's like, for one, they're afraid of themselves. You have to have a little empathy. There was no way to unite those voices then, was there? You know, so I felt like it was all no. on you. It was all on you to represent rather than you could be in a community with Scotty and people who... Well, there was the punk scene. Mm -hmm. And fat positivity for me came from feminism, radical feminist punk rock. Right. You know, Riot Girl was a, there's, was a really big part of my life. And that was one of the things was queer culture, fat positivity, not just body positivity, but fat positivity. Like those things were introduced to me from feminist punk rock the pit feminist punk rock scene so we had a scene you know there's a whole world that existed i don't think pop culture realizes that was 
snail mail, friend books. We would send each, we would make zines and send them to each other, you know, all across the, the world mm. and like across the country. And so like you would make a friend book so that you could stay in contact with people. When you sent your zine, you would make, or when people sent you a zine, they would send you a book little booklet that they had made and they would have names and addresses in there and emails and you know when they were so nice. in, in its infancy and then you would send it on to the next person with this you know with the zine or whatever and then they would add their name and you would take down the names in the friend book and then you would build this community through snail mail like that wow. and then that connected the queers and the punks and like so that's how a scene used to be built we used to build you used to book entire tours that really way. yeah because you couldn't talk on the phone. It was so expensive. Uh-huh. And the whole idea, like, you, you used to um, take stamps and use a glue stick. What, to recycle it? Yeah, so you didn't because you didn't have the money for the stamp. So you would put this glue stick over the top of the stamp so that when they marked it, oh, it would just wash off. Okay. And you could reuse the stamp. And, like, that was, like, I mean, that was the kind of culture that was around when I was a kid. So like when a, a teenager, and so that's the way that we, so we actually did have a little a community and a scene, but it wasn't huge. You know, there, there was no expo, like no mass exposure to it because it was all quite underground. Mm-hmm. Like it really was an underground scene and really cool. <laughs> yeah. What What was it like then when you went to Britain and it all exploded and suddenly you were you know you had your community was huge i suppose i guess well i wouldn't say the community well for one when you when we went to britain i was meeting people that i had been talking to online you know because the message boards were the thing back then right so i've been meeting people that that, you know that you'd been corresponding with or had been on in the friend books or been sending zines with other people but i wouldn't say like it didn't feel the first time it was very punk the first couple times like we were sleeping on floors and you know, <laughs> you know, things like that and playing at people's houses, you know, but like, um, which was awesome. But um, it was really crazy to be the topic of conversations in magazines or, you know, things like that. Like people really, mm-hmm. you, you got, I mean, you know what I mean? Like people really feel so free to, it gave me empathy for people who get attention because I you know being a snot-nosed punk I remember like one time the last time I saw Kate Moss she said oh you said some bad things about me before and I was like no I didn't and I was like oh yeah yeah (laughs) because I was this fat activist in a punk scene that can feel that can that's very protective and very judgmental and so it can feel like a little you know and I was like yeah because I didn't know you don't the thing is like it gives you this whole insight into a world that you never would have thought happened unless you'd kind of been there before. The internet is different because you can just be like, now it's different because you have 400,000 followers. But back then you didn't have that kind of thing. So you, you were in a magazine, you were just this one dimensional photo and piece of paper that lived yeah. somewhere that you would never find, that you would probably never run into or have a conversation with. But now that's different mm. because you can have a conversation yeah. with anyone, really. Mm. So like, and you can open yourself up to so many people and opinions and thoughts, but it really made me think I was just like yeah like we don't know anything about anybody you know not a damn thing like no matter how famous they are Beth the other thing I wanted to ask you about was you said something in an interview which I thought was really lovely that like Teddy really educated you about straight privilege and how (gasps) yeah um, you know because both you and Alan have been married to men and women but you have therefore oscillated between (laughs) 
but not at the same time. (laughs) You had to learn, you had to learn that. I did learn a lot because like being with him in public, people do, you forget, right? Like you forget that you're queer, you, it's your normal. So you're walking around. I mean, not always, you don't always forget, but boy, like you forget like what it's like to be straight and people to treat you like a straight person. And you're like, Oh wow. This is like instant ease or something. Like, but even though it's not because there's a level of like, well, not instant ease. Like you don't feel easy because there's different situations when you're dating somebody who's trans openly trans, like you have to think about with them. And I mean, I don't like to talk about his experience because I can't, but not can't, but don't, you know, it's not my place. It's his. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so I will say that, like, wow, straight privilege is real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's wild. And, but, you know, like, we were on the, we were in the plane one time and we had just gotten together and we were coming back from Florence because he was like, I've always just wanted to go to Florence because he studied art history. He's, I don't know, I don't know college speaks some, something that Medici, 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 yeah. And I was just like, cool, show me the statue of David. And, um, so Let's we, get this we, over we, done with. <laughs> Yeah, come on, hurry up, guys. It was actually really amazing. We went to, so we went to Florence and we did all these, you know, we did so much like tourism stuff and we looked at all this art and it was great and he knew all about it and it was really cool. But, you know, on the way playing home from that, because we had this beautiful trip and it was so romantic and it was so like eye opening and great and we were frolicking and it was supposed to, you know, and like they were just like, you two seem to be celebrating something. <laughs> like, you know, like, mm-hmm. like giving us the look of like, huh? And I was like, yeah, yes, yes. I don't remember exactly what you said, but they were like, we're going to bring you a whole bottle of champagne. They brought us an entire bottle of booze. (laughs) And I was like, I tell you right now, that never would have happened if I was with my ex-wife. That never, I mean, we used to get a lot of, you know, you know what I mean? Like, because both of our names, because I took her last name is Ogata. And so I used to get a lot of Mrs. Ogata, Mrs. Ogata. And she, uh, we looked very different, and they would be like, "Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's oh, what you think." It's the same you sex know. union. So like, is this your adopted sister? No, <laughs> no, no. We also used to get stopped at the beginning on the first class line, and be, people would be like, uh, "This is the first class only oh. line," and you'd be like, "No, what? do I look no. that bad?" You're like, "I do." Oh, I, I get. I st- I get. I get that still. Like, yeah, you know. you're like, "What is this 1960s Pan Am flight?" I'm sorry. <laughs> Yeah, and I love it on. I'm on Delta. I think it's it seems such a long time ago now that we actually. I love Delta. Me too. I'm a 360 diamond on Delta. I'll have you know. I don't want to brag, but I will. 360 diamonds. Excuse me, lady. is I'll get a lot. One time I went into the uh, the lounge and they were like, "We've never seen a woman 360 diamond." And I was like, "Oh my god!" I was like, "You're looking at one." You're looking at one. She is. (laughs) Today's the day, baby. I got platinum Delta, and I was just like, "Look at me!" And then they said, "And now try and get diamond." I was like, "Oh, oh that's always one. another rung." <laughs> I know. And then I got diamond. There's another one. What? That's, Shut up. That's the 360. That's the 360, oh. 360 diamond. Well, do they do <gasps> black diamond as well? Do they? They have like I'm a cubic zirconia. <laughs> Bite me. <laughs> uh, Beth Ditto, it's been absolutely charming to talk to you again and see oh, you. And I can't wait to come to Portland nice to see and see you, you in your it's habitat. Nice to come to Portland, let's see it again. Wonderful to see the man with the pearls in his penis. He'll be old now, I suppose. That oh, was like 20 years listen, ago. Now the pearls are on the outside. <laughs> <laughs> so. Beth, thank you so much. Thank you. 
Lovely Beth. A laugh a minute, a bit of wisdom a minute. I love the kind of idea that you just go and move in with your friend who's gone to college and you all sleep in a room and have a sort of a, like a fort. A little yeah, she's, fort in someone's bedroom. She's very fearless, isn't she? Yeah. Just, just yeah, really. does it. Balls of steel. Yeah. So let us know what you thought about Beth and if you've got any other memories of her or just talk to us in general. Mm. You can email us at hello at homosapienspodcast.com. Or you can get in touch on our direct messages at homosapiens on Instagram, at homosapienspodcast on Facebook. Or you can write us a letter via pigeon should you wish to. <laughs> and uh, we will be back next week. All of your letters shall be discussed, dissected and applauded on Homo Sapiens Extra next week. Also, oh, I forgot, you've got to, you could go to um, Apple Podcasts and hopefully you'll subscribe to us or tell your friends and you can leave a review. And if you leave a review, you might win a T-shirt because we uh, choose the one that we think is the most uh, apposite and Mm -hmm. fitting for that week's uh, show. And we give you a free T-shirt, which Chris will send, wrap up with his bare hands and send to you. Or you could buy a T-shirt or a sweatshirt uh, if you like. They're very nice. And I actually wear them myself. I put my money where my mouth is. Well, he he knows someone. He knows someone at the podcast. So... uh... Yeah, I'm going to give it a go and try and get the email at the oh, website yeah, do, address do. correct. You ready? Ready. It is... I, do you want a drum roll? Yeah, would you give me a drum roll? <laughs> go to everpress.com forward slash homo sapiens. Bing, bing. Nailed well it. Well done. <laughs> or com forward slash shop. Absolutely. Please. Listeners, if that hasn't sated you, I can't help you. Um, but I, no. you know, we can give you another episode next week. So we'll see you then. Take care. Brush your hair. Bye. 